Coming up tonight on another episode of the Big Footy Podcast, we talk all about Carlton this week. As well, we refer to the draft and the salary cap and possible reforms there, and we bring you all the latest news from the AFL. All that and more coming right up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee with me tonight. I have some wonderful people. I have Messenger, a proud Hawthorne supporter that he is. Good evening. My God, this weekend, what happened? <laughs> and uh, I also have Mike, a proud Bulldog supporter. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Yes, it was a nice weekend. Good win. And... Uh, Myself, of course, I am the Wookiee, and uh, I'm a proud Carlton supporter. A very proud Carlton supporter, in fact, lads. Um, and Yes, actually, Wookiee, I, actually, didn't you go on quoting to say that should Carlton win, you were going to dedicate this podcast to the entire review of Carlton game? I did say that. I did say that, and uh, none of you believe me, and in, I'm pretty sure that uh, you, along with every other pundit, uh, that I could find on TV on Thursday night or Wednesday night predicted that uh, Carlton would go down to Port Adelaide, but uh, they didn't, and uh, here we are. Yes, here so we are. that leads us into uh, what was your highlight from the weekend, and uh, we'll start with Messenger. <laughs> oh, well, my highlight was I went to Hobart on the weekend, and I went to uh, the... Winter Feast at Dark Mofo in, on Prince's Dock, and I got fabulously drunk. And uh, after, I had to somehow wash away the memory of Carlton winning a football match. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> and, and, Mike, what was your highlight? <laughs> Jeez, nothing tops that. <laughs> but my highlight, I think, was uh, actually seeing the dogs put away a team. Yeah, almost doubled the score of uh, the, the Lions. Just about, but it's actually nice to see him put away a team for a bit, bit of a percentage booster for once rather than just uh, crawling over the line. And prime time like Saturday night TV eh? too. Yeah, well, hey, hey, hang on a minute. Uh, how many top eight teams have Hawthorne beaten this year, thank you very much, and how many have the Dogs beaten? So yeah. there you go. Yeah, let's not talk about flat track bullies, thanks, uh, Messenger. Sorry, how many premierships have you won in the last two years? <laughs> Piss off. What? Sorry, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Messenger's living in the past. Yes, stop living in the past. And, uh, the, immediate, the immediate past. <laughs> the immediate past. <laughs> <laughs> my, my highlight, of course, Carlton getting up over Port Adelaide on the weekend with a little bit of help from uh, the umpires, perhaps. But um, in the end, I think it was a fairly balanced game, as most of these are. Carlton were just first to the ball, and it was great to see the improvement continue. Honestly, lads, I think we're going to win the next 10 games straight, and uh, we're going to march into eighth spot and screw over the Tigers again. It'll be awesome. You know what, I've got a good feeling, Messenger. What, what? Go on, rain on my parade. I think you're right. I think think this is going to be... A revolution in football. Led by John Barker. Who knew? Led by John Barker. Okay, so now we've done that little bit of fiction, alternate reality. Let's <laughs> wake up. All right? <laughs> no, well, well, hang on, hang on. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit facetious here, Messenger. And you said, how many premierships have you guys won in the last two years? We've actually won one. You didn't clarify seniors or... Or VFL Premiership, <laughs> and who did we beat with our VFL Premiership against? Your oh, team. That's right. Jeez, that's that was that's if reaching. I, if I'm checking. That was Footscray that won that game. Hey, don't start getting specific now. You weren't specific before. I think we're still two Premierships ahead of you after that. If you want to count VFL flags. No, no one wants to count anyone's flags. All right. <laughs> Well, in any sorry. league. <laughs> All right, let's get on with the show. No, on. no can one. We also just remark on how terrible Port have been last few weeks. 
Yes, but that doesn't take away how well Carlton played, I don't think. And while it helped us win, I think there's I think that there has been a steady improvement in the way that we've played. I think we've spent a couple of weeks getting rid of those uh, Malthouse cobwebs. I think the players are there. They, I mean, you can tell watching the game that they have a lack of skill, but they more than made up for it with uh, with effort and second, uh, you know, uh, second attempts and things like that. And they really just pushed through to uh, win what was a glorious victory for the Navy Blue. And will in fact set the tone for the rest of the year. And we look forward to round 17 when we slaughter Hawthorne. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, it'll be a truly glorious day when that hoodoo is finally behind us. Uh, you know I just, I just want to point out that this week we've got Gold Coast. Uh, a very injury depleted Gold Coast in Melbourne. Now, Ablett may or may not play. I don't think he will because the game's in Melbourne. If it was on the Gold Coast, he might have, but I don't think he'll play in Melbourne. Why? Because it's, what, too southerly? That's right. Too far for him to go. And, and, and frankly, he'd probably be feared now of the brutal machine that is the Carlton Of course he Now, uh, the week after that, we've got the Bulldogs at Eddie Had Stadium. I reckon we'll flog him. <laughs> Week after that, it's uh, <laughs> week after that. It's the Tigers. It's only the Tigers. We can easily account for those idiots. Uh, again, apologies to the uh, Tigers. Then we got Frio in Perth. That's a bit of a danger game for us. Uh, but you know, we do okay in Perth. I think I think we can we can account for the purple you know idiots. Then we've got Hawthorne on Friday night footy. That's our next Friday night game, and I think it'll be a bit of a change from our early in the in the season Friday nights. Look, I, I think that's a bit of a danger game for the Hawks. Um, I think they'll be. I, I think they'll be well and truly uh, mindful of the fearless presence that is the Carlton midfield. Yes, and, I think uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. I think I think Levi Casbolt will break Fed Fanning's record in that in that uh, in that game. So. Yes, oh, look, I, I don't doubt it for a moment, and I think you're you're simply a force of brutality, and <laughs> and a unstoppable force of nature in the world of AFL football. And um, yes, I don't even know why we would turn up. I've frankly. done I've done the ladder predictor. Yes, w- and and you would be top four. We win the next twelve games in a row. Yes, and we finish fifth. Oh right, but then somebody has to travel. Somebody has to play you in an elimination final. No one's going to want a piece of Carlton in the elimination final. And it's going to be it's going to be Richmond, and they're going to lose, according to the latter predictor. Absolutely, and you know what? Jack wrote was right now saying, "Please don't let me have Michael Jamison on me in an elimination final." He hasn't always done well against a Carlton backline, I should say, but um. And, and look, and 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 Dustin Martin is will will say he will see Bryce Gibbs and say, "God, why have you forsaken me? Why? What have I done? Why have you why have you rendered upon me this terrible, terrible plague of number one draft picks all looking wistfully at me?" All right, enough of this uh, facetious talk about where my team is going to go. And on to the more serious uh, news that has come up, and the players are going to chase a increased percentage of the revenue of the league, led by uh, Paul Marsh, who uh, got an uh, increased percentage from Cricket Australia and their dealings uh, in their last CBA. So... The average player, the average salary of an AFL player is two hundred and fifty grand uh, a season. So um, they're obviously in need of more money. That's the absolute that's, paupers, aren't they? Absolute paupers. That's absolute. the mean. But what's the median? What's the median? I honestly don't know. And, and um, this is the and and now the other thing too, Wilkie, you'll know this because you're a very smart person. What is the percentage of Football-related income that the players get—it's something around about twenty-six or twenty-seven percent. They wanted players. they wanted twenty-seven percent in the last yes. CBA. I think they ended up with about twenty-four percent. Right. Um, and they didn't make a claim for like club sponsorship or uh, 
club um, pokey revenues or anything like that. So most of this is based off um, membership income and and uh, TV rights income. Right, well, I tend to think that that's the way they would base it, is based on the percentage of income that the game produces, that they can say, well, we are the product that you are selling and this is what we want. And it's harder to argue they should get pokey revenues. My, my concern in this is that the clubs themselves, want, players come and go, and the club is supposedly to remain after, before and after the players are there. Mm. And you've got lifelong supporters of clubs, you know, like I'm sure we are, we all are, yes. that have seen, you know, various stars of yesterday. I mean, Mike fondly remembers Chris Grant and his lost and uh, Miss Brownlow medal. Uh, I'm sure you remember things that, you know, you've missed, you know, Dermy and Tucky yes. and... Mewie yes. and, and all those guys that have been and gone and, you know... Aaron Ward. <laughs> you know, and I, I remember, uh, you know, Fev and Houlihan and those guys. All those Mark brown April. paper bags that went with them. <laughs> <laughs> but my, 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 my problem is uh, if, if clubs need money to sort themselves out financially and there's an argument that says that they won't use it to sort themselves out financially, which is where I think the players may have a legit gripe. But if it can be used to pay off club debt, then it should be. Um, I, I think there's there's got to be a time for the clubs to look after themselves in a, in, a, in the media rights, and I think it's fair that it should be this time, given the players really got to boost last time. Well, I, I think you can do both. I think you, they can both be better off. But, but the players have a legitimate claim on... On that revenue, if it's revenue that's generated by through their effort, but is, is that can, revenue? They can, like, they can arguably say that they should get a bigger cut of the pie. Is that revenue generated if there's no club to play for? That, this exactly. is my argument. Exactly. I think the club's yep, entitled exactly. to say, okay, but you've got no job without us. And oh, look, I'm, I'm all for club rights, as we will discuss in restricted free agency. But you got to, you got to, the, the clubs. Clubs' fortunes ride on on the players that they have. You got to remember though that the revenue split that comes from the AFL from their TV rights. It isn't like it's not a case of the clubs getting fifty percent of the money and the players getting fifty percent. You know, fifty percent of the money that comes from the distributions. Mm. Like the AFL also props up five different state leagues. Uh, it's it sponsors Auskick nationally. I mean. There's so many other programs that take AFL revenue as well. So the clubs aren't getting all the revenue that they could be entitled to. It's I, I, I would like to see the clubs looked after more than the players in this coming CBA. But I you know. think you'll find with a bigger, simply with a bigger, the pie gets bigger. I don't think it's unreasonable for the players to be able to say, look, you know, if we've gone from twenty four. If we went to 26%, I mean, I don't know what that number looks like, but they, you know, they they have a they have a, a, a definite argument, a definite argument in that regard. Yeah, no, no question. I, I honestly don't, and like I said before, I, I don't know if the clubs would spend that extra money on paying off debt anyway, because most of them are inclined to spend it on, you know, their various um, their football departments or. Or, or things that need, uh, you know, that they perceive that they need rather than, you know, spending it wisely and getting themselves out of financial trouble. Mm. So, you know, because you need better facilities, you know, it's not, not acceptable to be playing out of tin sheds at Arden Street anymore, you know, you've got to have state-of-the-art facilities and it's... Uh, otherwise, it's just not fair that you're not a big club. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Anyway, so that was just one piece of news. Other news, Thursday night footy is uh, somewhat successful. The Age is talking about it being uh, part of the long-term uh, football TV rights, so you can expect more Thursday nights next year. How do they make that work when they don't have bye weeks? 
because they're talking about there being, I think I read somewhere they were talking about there being eight Thursday night fixtures a year. Mm. So some poor sucker's going to play, I guess they're going to play a Thursday night off a six-day break if they're lucky. And you're going to play Friday, then play Thursday. Inevitably, you're going to end up playing somebody who's playing Saturday and they're going to have a five-day break. I don't know how they're going to work that, but from a crowds and TV perspective, it is much, much more successful than Monday and Sunday nights were. So, I mean, by a long way. I mean, as long as they spread out the Thursday nights amongst the clubs, which they have done this year, um, and, and not just the clubs, but the states as well, like every state is getting them especially over recent weeks where Adelaide have had two. Uh, Perth's getting one, I think, next week. Uh, Sydney the week after. Brisbane have already had one this year. So, I mean, they are spreading them out, and that's good because it's prime-time TV coverage as well. It rates a lot better than Sunday. Mm. So, I, I think it will be part of the rights, and I think it's what they have to do to boost uh, the pie that the players are so eagerly hungering after mm. so fun stuff for everyone the players union is uh, not keen on the sling tackles a la Bryce Gibbs and his efforts on the weekend against Robbie Gray uh, apparently they've uh, got a duty of care the players union has delivered a blunt warning according to the age to its constituents saying they have a duty of care not to hurt an opponent when tackling Ian Prendergast, a man not noted in his playing days for Carlton as a huge tackler, has uh, <laughs> has uh, come out and basically said the match review is right to f- hand uh, Gibbs a three-down to two-week suspension. So, Well, that's not unreasonable, is it? I mean, it's... Ian Prendergast, who never laid a tackle in his playing career, is lecturing people on tackling. That's what I find more amusing. No, no, it's absolutely right. You've got to protect the head. Yes. That's right. No, that's, I, I don't think there's anybody really arguing he shouldn't have got a suspension, should he? No, I don't, I don't think so. He's no. a, there are actually people. Wayne Carey was very loud about it on Talking Footy on Monday night. And one of the other shows as well was... Uh, they had one of their guys on that was saying that it wasn't... Um, I think it was Jonathan Brown. So, re- you know, recent players have been out there and said, look, it's not um, it's not ideal. You can't, like, you, you're taught to take these players to ground. But he definitely does sling him around and that's not really needed. So Jonathan Brown didn't want him suspended? No. But he wanted Sam Mitchell suspended? Well, I think a lot of people wanted Sam Mitchell suspended, to be honest. Oh, I didn't. Oh, it would have been the yeah. most ridiculous suspension ever. I mean, that's, it was just ludicrous. The man was about to be run over by a bloke 15 kilos heavier than him. <laughs> so he turned and lifted his knee up. It's defensive. God, stop it. If he gets suspended for that, that's, you know, horseman of the apocalypse as far as I'm concerned. Mm, as part of uh, some news on the trade front for the Swans, at least... As part of the phasing out of the uh, Sydney Cost of Living Allowance, the AFL has decided that in 2015, the Swans are only permitted to acquire players who are on the club's average salary of close to $300,000. This means that they could not trade Lance Franklin, Kurt Tippett, or even Daniel Hanabry if they wanted to. Um, So, the Swans are apparently frustrated by this. Does any of this make sense at all? I mean, it just seems like... I think you either have the you have the, the collar and all its attachments or you don't have it at all. This just complicates it more than it has to be. Surely there's a more artful way of phasing it out and not affecting your future recruitment. I mean, they're, they're essentially not being allowed... It doesn't make sense to me. If they've got the room in the cap, then why and, and they and they treat the cola as separate to the cap, then why can't they just use the cap space they've got in the cap without adding cola? It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm. We've lost Mike apparently. No, there he is. There I am. Super must be uh, sabotaging my internet. 
He can feel your disapproval of all things purple. That's exactly right. Uh, ben Cousins was in court again today, if you're wondering. So, no. What over this time? Uh, a pursuit that he had earlier in the year. Um, I'm not sure which one of these is. He had a number of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Life's pretty boring over there in Western Australia, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so I think in one instance he was uh, caught inside an SAS base having jumped the fence and was running around there. So that uh, doesn't really say much for the security of uh, the SAS base. Or but, Ben Cousins' intelligence. Yeah. Yes, yeah. because if there, there was actually security of the SAS base, he'd be a dead man probably. Um, although I'm not really sure. Hell of a drug, cocaine. <laughs> not, not really. So this was on an alleged uh, police pursuit. And if my computer will hurry up. He was uh, driving erratically along the road and failed to stop for police. He uh, faces charges of reckless driving, failing to stop and failing to agree to a breath test. So, you know, all smart decisions. It's, he's he's known for his smart decisions. He is. He's he is. He's a, he's a master of the calm and rational uh, thought process. Now, the AFL, we're, uh, sorry, the Herald Sun website has an article today entitled uh, Who is your club's recruit of the year, lads? And top of the mark uh, for Adelaide, it has Kyle Cheney. Messenger, I know you're a huge fan of all things Kyle Cheney. Um, oh look, I am. He's uh, he's had nine he's, matches this year, equal to his best output in four years at Hawthorne. Apparently, I think it's fair to say that Hawthorne made him, <laughs> and uh, and um, he is tremendous. But if he's the best recruit, then uh, well, it's a pretty slim list, isn't it? <laughs> Dane Beams at Brisbane is on the list. Apparently, rocked the. AFL landscape last year when he advised Collingwood of his intentions to return to Queensland uh, and he went to the Lions Beams How ranked... his, How's his landscape rocking business going right now? Don't know but Beams is ranked number one at the club in disposals clearances inside 50s and contested possessions so he's not having a bad year And his team's ranked number one for being shit Well yes <laughs> Speaking Just of like that uh, to... Sorry Chief's just called in he's unhappy about that would you stop talking like that? Please, I'm trying to get this on Apple iTunes. <laughs> uh, Carlton have no standout players apparently this year. Jason Tut, Liam Jones and Christian Jacks have apparently shown bits and pieces, but nothing spectacular. Uh, Jacks, I'm not even sure if he's played more than a game this year. Liam Jones has been utter crap. Yes. And Jason Tut has had a minimal impact indeed. So that leads me to question... Uh, Grant Baker, oh sorry, Gilbert Gardner's intelligence. So, is it sort of? It feels like the sort of article he had to write. He was told to write. Mm. For Collingwood, Jack Crisp has been uh, nominated there. Crisp was ranked equal first at the club for tackles, third in clearances, and fourth in contested possessions, averaging twenty-one disposals. Uh, for Essendon, Do you know at, what on at, a, a Matapere is? No. Onomatopoeia is a word that, that sounds like it, it sounds like so we say crisp crisp mm-hmm. sounds like it you know the, it's yeah onomatopoeia anyway okay Thanks. that's my contribution to this column <laughs> uh, for Essendon Adam Cooney has uh, been put up there showed his best in bits and spurts apparently before getting his hamstring injured <laughs> Um, uh, I think, what's the name of this rider? Gilbert got, Gardner. He's, he must have strong arms because he's pulling on a long bow right now. This is, got, this is no awful. players, no no no, uh, no AFL traded players to Fremantle have start apparently. Uh, a guy called Rye Stanley, um, maybe a relation to Reece Stanley, um, but um, he's also nominated for Gold Coast Mitch Hallahan, who I know nothing about for GWS Joel Patful, James Frawley for Hawthorne. Yeah, all right. He's all right. Jeff Garland at Melbourne. Actually, you know what? He actually might be the best of them, mightn't he? Best so Jeff far Garland? on the list, anyway. Yeah. Sean Higgins at Melbourne. At North, North Melbourne. Melbourne, rather. Yeah. Uh, 
Special mention to Jared White, apparently. <laughs> Nineteen goals oh. from eleven games. He's 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 got such potential, Jared White. Mm-hmm. Patrick Ryder at Port Adelaide hasn't really done a lot yet, as far as I'm aware, though. Meh. Taylor Hunt at the Tigers. Meh. Tim Membry at St Kilda. Mm, started well. No one at Sydney. No one at West Coast. Nope. Tom Boyd, Mike, is uh, apparently on track to repay the faith the Bulldogs showed in his monster seven-year deal. Oh, well, I suppose for a 19-year-old, 20 goals from 11 games isn't too bad for a start. I think it's pretty funny, given there's another article on the Herald Sun website that uh, talks about how he hasn't done anything to earn his money on the same day, mm. I think. So. <laughs> it's, uh... Oh, yes, because, you know, we, we expect 19-year-olds to come out and, you know, and, and win the Coleman medal and kick 100 goals a season and, you know... God. Messenger Hawthorne have come out and said they don't have a gambling problem. Who doesn't? Hawthorne. Um, Hawthorne called oh. Brent Guerra yesterday, apparently, after he revealed his gambling addiction to offer support, and uh, he's also asking if the club has a problem with gambling. Is there, well, mo- is there more than just Brent Guerra? Well, are there other not players? that I'm aware of. Matt Spanger? Is he... Uh... Is he? I don't know, I can just see a photo of Matt Spanger on the website, so I just thought I'd ask. I mean, I guess it would be fair to say at this point that Brinkwera has a a gambling problem, but whether anybody else has a gambling problem is, you know... Again, you come back to how do you sheet something home to an entire club because one player has a problem? Does Mm. that mean Melbourne had a gambling problem? With, what, David Schwartz, that's right? Yeah. I mean, you know... We have to. Everything has to be about club culture. Sometimes players make bad decisions, or they have addictions, and and uh, football clubs are not parents. Mm. The AFL is apparently going to reject Friday night footy again next year. Uh, sorry, not Friday night. Good Friday footy. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really care, but that's. I go camping. <laughs> you go camping. Um, and Matty McGuire, who uh, I remember as the man who let Sean Hampson run into an open goal against the Lions a couple of years ago. He was... A, it's, it's a shame. He was quite a good footballer at St Kilda, wasn't yes, he? He, he is, bro- broke his leg, never been the same. Has uh, retired this week uh, due to concussion. How uh, old is he? He is 30? several years old. <laughs> don't know. Um, he uh, did his injury in a kneeful game on Anzac Day, apparently. So, not even an AFL injury. Kneeful. That's right. Mm. Now, on to the main topic for discussion this week, and we did put a thread up on the main board uh, asking for some input on the salary cap and draft reforms and whether the changes were needed there. And uh, this was Messenger's suggestion from last week. And so I have a feeling Messenger has a few uh, things he'd like to say. This comes also on the heels of uh, news of Patrick Dangerfield possibly um, going to Geelong and having some trouble uh, if Adelaide decide to meet the offer because, you know, him being the star player that he is, he... Uh, Adelaide may well decide to match his offer and keep him at Adelaide because, you know, players of his uh, calibre don't come around all that often. Um, you know, positing the, you know, putting up the possibility that uh, you can have a player playing for a club he doesn't particularly want to be at. Messenger? Well, well, my view is when you create a system that has a category of player called restricted free agent, restricted has to mean something. So they have, in their wisdom, and I would imagine the Players Association have signed off on this, created a system where a club can has the option of retaining a player's services if they are able to match the salary. Now, there's a couple other exceptions to that. I think they're allowed to put them up for trade or the player's allowed to nominate for the draft and staying or if they really, really, really want to go. But I would have thought that most young professional footballers like money too. So they don't seem to be nearly as squeamish about this in other restricted free agent player markets like the NBA. 
where they simply say, hey, you like getting $50 million a year? You can get it here too. And there never seems to be a, you know, a sulk. They, they get on with it. And I think that's what will that's what, uh, happen here if Adelaide uh, matched it. Mike, you got any thoughts? Mm. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. Look, I mean, two states, the whole... Uh, there's some major issues with the restricted free agent thing as well, you know. But that's the thing. The other thing, too, is I'm not quite sure. Even if if uh, Adelaide matched Geelong's offer, um, that doesn't mean that Dangerfield has to stay, but he'd have to nominate for the draft, wouldn't mm. he? Yes. If he wanted to leave. So, so. You know, the worst situ- the worst case situation is that Adelaide is going to come out and probably get nothing for him if, if he wants to go. And this is the whole thing with the AFL. They're, they're making it to cater for players who really want to go and who don't want to stick around. And they're giving them a number of ways to get out of, uh, you know, further commitment to the club they're playing with. So I'm not, I don't know, I'm not really sure. The whole thing sort of doesn't seem like a model that's really going to work in the long term. And I think they've really got to sort of revamp the whole free agency and restricted free agency model is something different. I can't see well, him letting himself go into the draft uh, and ending up in Brisbane. No, but I mean, look, how many, how many he times would. before have we seen players threaten other clubs not to draft them and, uh, you know, that they're not going to play footy for them if they draft them. So, you know, we, we, we've got that sort of situation where a player can nominate and say, OK, well... Adelaide, you can't. You don't want to do a deal with Geelong. I don't want to stay here. I want to go to Geelong, and I'm going to put myself in the draft, and I'm going to threaten any club that I'm not going to play for him if they draft him. Mm. Well, this, this the other side of this too. We were just been talking about clubs getting their own and club rights and things like that. The clubs have a certain amount of power in this, in that they have been given the ability to match an offer. Now, if we get to the point where they say, oh, we're not going to match the offer because they don't want to stay, well, what's the point of having it at all? And, and if they want to show, if they want to say, you know, rather than complaining that they're being trodden on by the players, say, hey, listen, we're going to exercise our rights, we can match the offer, we're going to match your staying. And if you don't like playing AFL football, then go and do something else. But this is the system you sign for. Yeah. I mean, this is this idea that oh, they'll they'll never be happy. Well, you know what? They've been there for years, um, and I'm sure that the extra money or the money will be uh, money will be all right. So, you know, I, the clubs have can't by the same token say, oh, we want our fair share. And then every time a player, you know, pouts or the agent says they're not happy, they're just allowed to walk out the door. I mean, it's just nonsense. If you can keep him and you can afford it and you're able to do it, then keep him. I think in the past, so many of these players have been fringe players and it hasn't really mattered that much. Not not fringe mm. players per se, but they haven't been in that inner core of players that you really want to keep like at all costs. And so, you know, you let players go because you can do a deal that works for you. But uh, in Dangerfield's case he would be a player that you'd very much want to keep at your club if you could get if you could do so. So they're gonna they're gonna bend over they're gonna bend over mm. backwards to keep him there. And I, I just I think he's either gonna have to take the Crows offer in the end or, or go into the draft and end up in Brisbane. Because, <laughs> you know, the Lions will take him at the drop of a hat. Or the Suns, yeah. Or the Suns, whoever's on the bottom down there you know, and unless he likes Queensland which well, is I even mean, look, further you know... away from home. <laughs> There's always uh, so he's a restricted free agent, right? So yeah. next year he becomes, uh, or the year after becomes a, a free agent unrestricted. So there is the other option too, where he, he sits goes out down of the game. path. Sorry, he could sit out of the game for a year or two. Well, he could sit out of the game for a year at the AFL and go and play state football somewhere. Well, I don't think he can sit out of the game to qualify no, for free agency. You have to be playing for a certain period of time, not play for seven years and then stop playing for a couple more and then go to be normal free agent. He's got to play for that time, so it's 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 a bizarre thing. The other thing under discussion, of course, is uh, father-son rule changes, um, and they've gone to a system of points and bids, uh, live bidding on uh, 
draft night. This uh, particular interest to Carlton fans who have uh, Jack Silvani up. Um, some highlights from the weekend of him kicking six goals for Vic, Vic Metro were very exciting uh, for some of us. Uh, yeah. Uh, for, for, uh, for Messenger, probably less so, given his hatred of all things Carlton. But, um, well, just my boredom with all things Carlton, really, because they're just not very good. So and the uh, cheating stuff only goes so far. But, um, so, you know, with Jack Silvani and Dean Rice's son also up uh, for father-son this year, if they nominate, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, draft night. Mm. And, of course, we did have the issue during the week of the the mooted uh, moot that academy players could be bid with future draft picks. Now, this is something Andrew mm. Newbold apparently spoke out about on the weekend because it's apparently part of the deal that they signed off on for uh, paying their equalisation fines or fees was that uh, this sort of thing wasn't supposed to be happening anymore. It was supposed to be a more pure draft. It was supposed to phase all this stuff out after a while. Well, well, essentially, the the, the the story is, or the understanding is, that for these academy players where there is a bidding system in place, that the academy, the teams with, that hold the academy player will be allowed to take points from future draft picks to outbid other teams. So they could, for instance, use a future second-round pick to make sufficient points to actually match a, match an external bid and keep the player. This is not something that is permitted by the club bidding for the player. So they effectively have an advantage in holding on to these academy players if they are particularly good. Or the way the article is written is that they could actually use picks of players in the use current picks for trades or, or for players and use future picks to um, to uh, win these player bids. So, um, and fair enough, Andrew Newbold would be disappointed that that would be the case because as part of this equalisation negotiation, um, they are looking for a more level playing field. It's interesting that they would... Um threaten the revenue share I don't really think that would bother the AFL too much, the AFL would just cut back the funding that they get by the amount Well Hawthorne don't get any but other than the, their, their normal distribution that everybody else gets Hawthorne don't get any other support from the AFL uh, That's possibly because they make a lot of money and don't need it Correct But um, yeah Interesting stuff Interesting that Andrew Newbold, who has generally kept his life under a bushel all these times, actually felt compelled to write, actually call the age and tell them that he was upset about it. But Eddie McGuire's made no comment at all about this particular matter, which is odd in a way. Oh, I, I just, I mean, if, if the idea is that we're going to enter this equalisation and part of that is that there is a level playing field. Oh, but by the way, we over here we're going to card about a rule for these academies. Mm. Well, that to me that's that yeah that's that's wrong. Mm. So the fun stuff ahead for everyone by the look of it. Um, but yeah, I'd, look, the draft really does need to be the same for everyone, doesn't mm. it? I mean, I, I I get that we we gave the sons and uh, got a, a leg up to get started. Like, just like we did to every other club that had uh, in WA and, and SA, they got their own concessions to get themselves up and running. But they're up and running now. Mm. Th those, those concessions have to end, and we need to get get on with the business of playing the game. And if there's going to be academies, I think there is some merit in the idea that the AFL runs those academies, not the clubs, um, which would save... Uh, Sydney at least uh, a million a year according to their annual report well the Sydney money AFL money it's the same thing Sydney don't stand on their own two feet 
they are coming very close yeah. to doing so, though. It's um. Well, after thirty years, well, we should hope so. <laughs> well, yes. yes, yes, but there there's arguments to be made that you guys aren't exactly on your own feet. Uh, milking money from the government at every opportunity, and I'm own, it's not my opinion. Don't which, I, which I, government I, though? Well, the Tasmanian government. That would be a commercial deal in which we yes, we play I games in Tasmania for money. Don't get defensive on me. I'm not being I defensive. I'm just just discussing the facts with you. I know that, and you know that, but there are certain malcontents on the forums. I think it's a sponsorship. I think they call it a sponsorship. It is a they? sponsorship, of course it is. Yes, yes. I'm not sure that there's much more life in it, but... Uh... No, probably not, but nonetheless it is a sponsorship. Now, the the, the final bit, of, uh, another bit of news, sorry, that I've left out is there's uh, some anger in Perth uh, that the AFL might be trying to um, muscle in on Burwood on the Perth Stadium there, the new Perth Stadium that's been built, uh, by trying to um, inflict its own demands for, uh, you know, um, no no other sporting events in the middle of the AFL season. And, uh, you know, people need to be able to bring their own food into the venue like they can pretty much everywhere else in the AFL and that sort of thing. And so there's a perception that the AFL is making unreasonable demands and apparently... Some people are upset with that over there. It's all part of the, all part of the grand conspiracy. It is um, against the West, and and the sooner they succeed, the better. Yeah. Oh, did I say that aloud? That that stadium, that stadium is going to cost them one point two billion, in, including really? it, including yeah. it's, including. Including uh, 380 million for maintenance payments over 25 years, that is not negotiable and is in the contract. Um, Sorry, they've got non-negotiable maintenance costs. Yeah, and, and that and that it's it's the most bizarre. Well, the stadium's going to cost them nine hundred, well, 820 million to build. Then there's this 400 million contract with the builder to provide maintenance for the next 25 years. Um, maintenance it might even be maintenance and upgrades, but it's a main and they get space in the venue for themselves and all sorts of things. It's a, it's a bizarre thing. It's going to be a nice looking stadium as you'd expect for eight hundred million. Now that compares with Stadium Australia, which cost six hundred and twenty million to build back in uh, two well back in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, Eddie had Stadium was uh, four hundred million. Um, the northern stand of the MCG was 464 million. How many people does this stadium seat? 60,000. So you're going to be able to mm. buy a Fremantle or an Eagles membership and actually sit down in the stadium? Well, yes and no, because um, the government has apparently decided that they will want anywhere up to 10,000 seats left free for the public. And I think that's because... Uh, in a way, because there are, you know, thousands and thousands of Eagles members on waiting lists, and yet they only average 35,000 people for the stadium. And I think it's a reaction to them not selling out every game and having empty seats and... I don't know. And then wanting to get tourists and stuff over as well, and you can't mm. if you can't get seats, I don't think they get ten thousand tourists per game, but they might get ten thousand casual football watchers without memberships who might go. So who yeah. knows? Who knows? It's never, it's never crossed my. Have you ever crossed the di- crossed the Nullarbor to watch a football match, Mike? No, well, I've crossed the Nullarbor many times, but I've never actually got around to watching a game there. So. Um... Yeah, no, I can't say I have, unfortunately. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I haven't really got anything else on the agenda to talk about. No. It's, 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 a, it's a relatively short agenda this week. Uh, are, there, are there football games to be played? There are, yes. and so we're going to skip straight along to that uh, with round three. 13 coming up. 
And if you'll turn your hymnals to the AFL website, lads. Oh, uh, if you tell me, yes. I'll, I'll probably remember which team's which if you tell me. I'll have you know that I predicted every game on the weekend. Uh, you did not. No, I did. I predict- You're lies. You're lies, mate, baby Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I called it. No. <laughs> I called the winners of every game live on Adelaide Radio on uh, Saturday morning. It was uh, it was a pleasure. I even predicted yes, Mel. Were you on five double A or were you on the on the um, what? on Noralunga thing? I was on Tribe FM in Wollonga. <laughs> Tribe FM in Wollonga, fantastic. Saturday morning from eight o'clock. There I am, schooling old men in how much I hate South Australian football. <laughs> it's um, honestly, I don't know how I keep getting a gig. Now, this weekend, the last week of the buy rounds, thank the Lord, if he exists mm. or if he doesn't. Uh, Fremantle-Collingwood, Thursday night. Uh, possibly a reasonable game. Should be a reasonable game, actually. This is at uh, the Domain Stadium in Perth, where it will be 19 and sunny, apparently, at 6.10 at night in Perth. So. Bye. This is Fremantle hasn't been that good recently. We haven't played that well. Ah, I heavy favourites not this here. Year. I mean, he'd be currently, you know, telling us that they're the greatest force for greatest force for good since you know smallpox vaccine or something. But look, Collingwood are a sneaky chance, aren't they? Oh, look, they'd be every chance uh, if this game wasn't in Perth. But I think in Perth, they uh, Freo are going to be way too good. Fremantle of one. Uh, the last two games they've played at both Perth and uh, Etihad Stadium, uh, both by reasonable margins. In fact, in Melbourne last time they played, uh, it was 70 points in Frio's way in round one last year. So, mm. so betting agencies have Frio at a dollar twenty-four, Pies at four ten. Sneaky chance. Mm-hmm. I don't think, think so. I don't think so. No, no I, think, I think Frio is shooting for this game. Another reasonable game Friday night at the MCG, and it's Carlton. Oh, God. No, it's not. I just wanted to hear Messenger's uh, response. <laughs> it's Sydney playing Richmond at uh, the SCG. The SCG, yes. And this game will be played at, uh, well, it's a night game, so where it will be 18 and partly cloudy at the SCG. Fantastic. That's right. <laughs> Getting weather reports now and all. Um, $1.26 for the Swans. Richmond, three ninety five. dollars uh, Richmond won the last game these teams played in Sydney at the ANZ Stadium in round 23 last year by three points. So... Sneaky chance, Richmond. I reckon, yeah, I, I reckon Richmond are probably got a chance of beating Sydney. You're going to say that with every game, aren't you? Sneaky chance. Not at all. <laughs> I am not. Oh, I would never do such a thing ruin the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hawthorne have got Essendon on Saturday afternoon at the MCG, where it will be 15 and partly cloudy, if you're wondering. We are absolutely the bastards. Yes, I... Long handle, long handle time at the <laughs> take, MCG take on Saturday. <laughs> take, yeah, it's, it's a game. Oh, Essendon where, won. Where's the prosecutor no, when you need him for a conversation? Yes. <laughs> Essendon actually beat Hawthorne last time these teams met at the MCG last year in round two. No, oh, sorry, this, this year. year in round two. This year, this year, yes. So we're, we're back to uh, repeating games. But, uh, yeah, haven't played Carlton at all yet. You've played Essendon twice. But, um... You know, because yeah. we're we're waiting for that game. <laughs> we're waiting for both of them. God, it's going to be fun. And uh, so, yes, uh, Essendon won last time these two teams met at the MCG earlier this year. It's yeah. uh, not by much. It was only two points in the end. So, Messenger hoping for some revenge. Seconds. Not Bookie's two not seconds. anticipating a close game. Essendon at seven dollars fifty. <laughs> Hawthorne at a dollar nine, so uh, you make it and that. And the line would be what? What would the line be? I have no idea. Thirty-five. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't get into the betting that much. 
Um, Saturday afternoon at 4.35 in the hated twilight spot and the Lions take on Adelaide at the Gabba where it'll be 22 with a shower and good to see the AFL website is now fixed and less amusing to read out the weather from Adelaide won last time in round 20 defeating the Lions at the Gabba by 105 points and it could happen again it could happen again. Goals. Oh, I think it'll be a 12-goal 12 12 win to uh, Adelaide. I'm going to channel my channel my inner Damien Barrett. 200 points! They're going to win by 200 points! <laughs> I reckon Brisbane are a sneaky chance. They are. They are. <laughs> a sneaky chance. They might even show they have a heartbeat. <laughs> Game of the round, Saturday night between St Kilda and the Western Bulldogs at Eddie Had Stadium. Oh, I reckon the dogs are a sneaky chance for this one. <laughs> I reckon the dogs are going to... Well, yeah. No, 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 no. The, the, the betting's at uh, $1.50 and $2.50, so it's not, uh, it's not far out. Mm, it's not going to be a, a complete blowout. I think if the, if the Bulldogs are serious, if they're, if they're a proper football team, they win this game. So you killed a one earlier this year in round six, 94 to 87. Yeah, um, we only played half a game of footy that day. I expect this one to be a relatively close game. St. Kilda seemed to be looking at a better side in the recent weeks. Um, Saints would upset here. Uh, yeah. And I will laugh, Mike. I will laugh. <laughs> Uh, the like to look in the mirror and look and, uh, and see no reflection. The last <laughs> last game of the round is on Sunday at three twenty, and it's between Carlton and Gold Coast at Etihad Stadium, where it do, the weather doesn't matter because the roof will be shut. Um, Carlton are a dollar fifty nine. Suns are two dollars forty. This could be close, but. Uh, I predict a Carlton victory here, given the injuries and the possible or not possible return of Ablett to the side. Uh, now, I guess the question really here, Wookie, is when when Carlton win and 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 make it two in a row. Yes. Will John Barker get a four-year or five-year contract on the back of it? Well. I think he becomes all Australian coach automatically, straight off yes. the bat, as soon as he wins. Uh, Patrick Cripps gets the Brownlow just delivered to him that night. Yes. Like they strip That's... it off Nat Fife, who apparently oh, is already already sighted running around town wearing it. Oh my God, no! You can't say that. <laughs> you are going to have you're going to have a, a, a feisty little member of the Victorian Fremantle cheer squad. He will be absolutely livid. You've said something against his beautiful Nat. Well, he's not here to defend him, so <laughs> I'll take my chances. Besides, what's what's the cheerleader going to do anyway? He'll wave his pom-poms in your face. Don't be on my fire, I love him. No, um, <laughs> no, I think Carlton are in for a much better second half of the season, so I would be on the lookout if I was any of you two. Frankly, premiership <laughs> favourites. Oh, and they should be. We're going to win the oh, we're going to win the grand final from eighth, the first team ever to do so. And premiership favourites. Lockie Henderson's going to win the Brown. Uh, going to win the Norm. Uh, not the Norm Smith. Going to win the Coleman and. Menzel's going to win the Norm Smith that's right and Mark Murphy's going to win the AFL Coaches Player of the Year and (laughs) Armfield is going to win the Chook Raffle uh, (laughs) Patrick Cripps will win that by by the length of the Flemington straight he will that's right don't you worry we're going to win everything from here on and and you know, not only will John Barker get a five-year contract, but he will be coach for life after that. It's it's amazing, but it's true. <laughs> no, 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 no. And not just a Carlton. He gets his he gets to coach all clubs. It's a 
it's an yeah. AFL wide thing. It's to go to that's other clubs right. and teach them how to coach. That's 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 yes. how it works. And then uh, you know, I wake up and I realise that I'm still in Adelaide and my team's still shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. just looking ahead, uh, some big games coming up next Friday. Collingwood have got Hawthorne on oh, a Friday right. night at the MCG. Hawthorne getting a Friday night game. I'm sure Messenger will love that. About time we get a Friday night game. It's not can't just be the domain of future Premiership team. That's Carlton. right. That's right. Uh, Bulldogs have Carlton at Eddie Head Stadium on Saturday. Uh, not a big game, but of interest to at least two of us. Fremantle uh, for Seppo are playing Brisbane and should get an easy win. Softest uh, draw ever. Softest Hawthorne have got Fremantle ever. in round 15 at Aurora Stadium. Uh, should be interesting to see just how many players don't actually make the flight for Frio. Uh, although if, although if, they drop an, if they drop another game, that might not happen, so... Close the gap. That's it. Um, yeah, I, I can't see any really other big game. That's that's a, an appalling round of football, though. Port have got Collingwood, Adelaide Oval Thursday night. Uh, Richmond Carlton Friday, and then uh, yeah. So a few a few good games coming up. A few odd games. Fremantle Carlton in round sixteen for Messenger. We're going to towel up you Western Australian, and it's going to be good. At Sydney, would, Sydney Hawthorne at ANZ Stadium uh, in round 16 on Saturday night. Uh, that ought to be a cracker of a game. The showdown in Adelaide also in round uh, 16, so fun stuff. Indeed. Lads, what are you looking forward to the most on the weekend? Um... Um, um, Mike, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was actually going to fill in the spot there for poor uh, Messenger and saying watching uh, you know, the 2013 and 2014 Hawthorne Grand Finals. That's what you're going to do, isn't it? Sipping your cup of Horlicks. Come on, Messenger. Oh, no, I, I, I haven't watched the Grand Final in a while. I might have to pull it out again soon. That's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing us getting a little bit of uh, payback from against uh, St Kilda, um, you know, especially after we came out and played up again for you last time. So, yep. And uh, Messenger, what are you looking forward to, mate? If you've got your tongue in gear? No, I don't have anything. I got nothing. Well, I'm looking forward to another round of Carlton victories. That's right, folks. The bandwagon is rolling. The lid is off. And (laughs) we're we're aiming for two in a row and three wins for the year here. It's it's the start of what is going to be a legendary season that you people are going to talk about for many years to come. People, People will say, you'll say, Grandad, where were you when Sam Doherty did X? You know, it's it's going to be a special thing. They will, they will. Don't you worry. They will. It'll it'll just be incredible. Where were you when Fred Fanning broke the record for goals kicked in a game against Hawthorne? That's where we're going to be in a couple of weeks' time. Tune in then. We will see you all next week on the podcast, but we will see you all week on the forums. Next week, we're going to talk about reducing the number of teams in Melbourne. No, we're not sure. No, we're not. There's a big threat on the the industry board about that already. (laughs) We're not going to cover that at all. Uh, It's been done to death already. So, catch us on. You can catch us on Twitter. You can catch us on uh, other places on the internet. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Left that open to interpretation. That's right. Um, Yeah. No. No. None. No. No bad places. Actually, before we do that. Before we completely go, um, and I completely stuffed this up, but uh, Chip Legrand's book has come out. Uh, the the Straight Dope, um, which I bought today, and I'm not impressed with it so far, starting with Tim Watson's quote on the cover, uh, basically making that the book is the Bible, 
and written by Jesus himself and could not be more truthful if uh, if it was written by God uh, apparently so, so fantastic stuff uh, there yes. get 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 reading and uh, no, no other luminary other than Chris Chaos has said it's fairly unbiased from his reading so does James Heard demonstrate the stigmata <laughs> <laughs> I, Does he, I, I don't know. Did he did he take one vial of AOD nine six oh four and turn it into five vials of of uh thymus and beta four? And and yay, did did the fans rejoice? You'll have to read it and find out. Or you can uh, join the discussion on uh, in the hot topic board there in the straight dope thread. In the meantime, we'll see you all on the forums. Have a good weekend. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>